right? It, it was not good. It, it was dreadful, right? I, I'm feeling angry again. It was really, really, really bad. <laughs> Hello and welcome to another episode of Next Man Up. And it's kind of back to basics for us NMU boys because we started off with a, a fairly losing podcast, it's fair to say. I'm joined by Beardo McBeardison, Mick the Beard as you know him, and Phil Mount Stevens. And if I don't sound as enthusiastic as I normally do, it's because, well, we all know the answer to that question. But before we get into that, uh, Mick, how are you doing, sir? I'm all right, mate. Um, I thought I'd be feeling worse right now. After what happened on Sunday, but I'm actually feeling okay. Well, I'm off the I'm off work this week, so I've been taking a bit of rest and relaxation. I've got a, a bottle of whiskey by my side just now, Penderin. It's a Welsh whiskey that um, Phil has recommended to me, so I'm about to taste try it um, during this pod. So we'll see how that goes as well. Love it. We'll uh, we'll pass back over to you in a minute to uh, see how that's going down. Before before I bring you in, Phil. Last few weeks, I've been mentioning the flowers behind Mick and an allergy going along with Nick Sirianni and they're blooming. They're actually looking like they're dying a little bit. And I don't, I don't, they're drooping down. And I, I don't know whether that's because of the result of the weekend or your, your product placement, Mick. But yeah, Phil, what do you reckon? Flowers down? They look more down than they were before. Imagine if there was an intrinsic link between the flowers and how good the Eagles have done the previous week. That would be some some ge- genetic technological advancement in botany. <laughs> That's the one. That's what the word I was looking uh, It's like the octopus <laughs> of the World Cup. Do you remember? The one who was predicting all the games and maybe it's the flowers. There you go. How are you doing, Phil? Well, yeah, I'm, I'm a bit nervous now because uh, Mick's trying this whiskey. Um, I suppose he can just always feed the plants with it and maybe it'll perk them up a bit if he doesn't like it. <laughs> Oh, oh no. no. Oh, it's coughing and spluttering. <laughs> but no, um, yeah, it was, it was it was a bit weird one. I mean, we all got we all swept up in it, didn't we? Um all, no one was on the fence against the Giants. It was all gonna be an easy win. I actually missed the first couple of drives, so I sort of missed the three and out at the start. So maybe I wasn't <laughs> I wasn't as depressed as you guys when I when I first started. But um yeah, it, it was quickly it quickly became evident it was gonna be one of those games, and I think we all sort of feared the worst, didn't we, initially? There's definitely a piece of humble pie on my desk right now as we do this podcast, because I mean, come on, we we absolutely annihilated the Giants last week. And um, a little bit of humble pie that I, I'm certainly Mick, you're shaking your head. No. Is that is that a whiskey or the humble pie? No, it's well, not to the whiskey. Just to quickly go into the whiskey just now. It's really nice for actually. It's, it's pretty smooth. <laughs> Thank you for that. Um, what notes we got? Oh, I'm actually not quite sure. Finished in a Madeira cast. So. Is that, it's quite sweet. It's quite sweet. Nice. Um, anyway, right, let's get back to we'll talk about so the humble pie no i'm not eating any sorry the giants barely beat us the giant we, we beat ourselves um the giants uh did really nothing in that game we just tripped over ourselves time and time and time and time again we handed the, the game to them countless times just to go and put it away and they couldn't do it because the giants were shit listen i'm i'm from a town not far from glasgow and Rival, rivalry is a massive thing in my world. Um, 
you'll know from old firm games for our American listeners, that's Celtic versus Rangers, um, the Glasgow derby, and you don't give an inch. It doesn't matter how good or they were or how bad you were. I'm not eating any fucking humble pie for the Giants. <laughs> I love it. Okay, you're already making me feel more positive. We're only a few minutes into the podcast. Phil, bit of news for you as well. You're, you've got your um, your next away trip with the, uh, with the Navy coming up next year. How are you feeling about that? You looking forward to it? Well, yeah, I found out on Monday that I'm going to miss Christmas next year, which is a bit of a, it's not news to me. I mean, I know to some people it might be like, oh my God, I couldn't imagine not being around for Christmas, but I've done it two or three times over my career. To be honest, you make the best of it, and to be honest, when you're away with a load of lads over Christmas with nothing better to do than eat and drink, it's no different than going, being at home really, just without your family, which some people... Might might be pleased with you never know, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I'm joining. I'm joining the ship first um, of December next year. Um, HMS Protector, so it's, it's a bit of an icebreaker. It's the big red and white one, a bit of an unusual style because it's not big, grey, and full of weapons like um, <laughs> like the others. It's more of a it's more of a survey ship. That uh, I'll tell you what, I'm looking forward to. I'm looking forward to when we're podcasting and finding out what part of the world Phil is in. If we can, if we can get some signal to dial in next year, we we might miss you for a few, Phil. But hopefully, we'll get you for 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 most of them. Yeah, you might you might get you might get a, a pod live from the the Antarctic, because um, that's probably where I'll be over the Christmas period next year. New doubt. But yeah, no, right, guys, nice exciting little uh, transition. Yeah, it's gonna be good, man. Um, not no real updates for me over then. It's Christmas party season in near London, so organising those with the teams and seeing people you haven't seen in a while all those plans and then a new variant comes up for COVID, you know, if we're going ahead or not. So it's all up in the air, but hopefully it'll go well. And I hope everyone listening in has a good Christmas and gets to see their family and their friends and this all pass over soon. Right. Let's get straight into the meats and the bones of it. And I just want to go for a quick reaction as we always do to the game against the Giants on Sunday, seven, three loss. It was bad. It was very, very bad. In fact, everything that could possibly go wrong in that game went wrong in that game from decisions to drops to fumbles to interceptions you name it like all of the progress we've seen over the over the prior weeks just smashed against the rocks on one sunday evening here in the uk afternoon if you're listening over on the east coast of the united states of america but what i will say is this is a transitional year and we have seen a lot of teams this year have games like this Hashtag cowgirls, right? When they got they got shut out not not that long ago. We've seen team better teams, you know, you might say have really poor games. The Chiefs haven't been doing very well this year. We've seen Josh Allen fumble his way to losses over the last few weeks. I know he had a, a win recently. So it was gonna happen, right? It, this this was maybe not to the extent that it happened and how bad it was, but we were due a bit of a coming down to earth over the previous weeks before, Phil, what do you reckon? Yeah, it felt very much like um, more... Ner- we, we, we had this momentum going, then we go into a divisional game against the Giants who we just really want to absolutely beat. We were talking about how much we wanted to pulverise them, and it felt very much like a bit like form goes out the window because it's the Giants. The Giants play up for us. We are a little bit like, oh, oh it's not going to plan. Um, what, do we, what do we want to do? But I think ultimately I'm settling on. I think it was a, it's it's between either Sirianni's trying to be too smart again, so he goes all out run against 
the number one run defense against the yes. Saints, and then against a really poor run defense, thinks no, 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 I'm not gonna be. They'll be expecting that, so they'll stack the box, and then and then they just just go throw it, and that combined with Hurts having a pretty poor poor game all round in in terms of you know the interceptions, you know three interceptions, you, you're going to struggle to win any game, um, and it, it was either between that or or or. Howie and Jeffrey Lurie having too much involvement and maybe having an impact on how they wanted Siriano to play that game. Um, being the Well, it could be. I mean, being the, the fact that he's, he was he was definitely hired to be someone who wasn't going to sort of go against the grain and and are hark, you know harking back to the Green Bay game two years ago where sort of they were successful running the ball and then they were, Doug was uh, criticised for running the ball. I mean, I'm not saying that's what it is, but. You know, well, they are a passing franchise that you know they've always yeah, we, we, we all know that they weren't happy about the run side of the game. So it, it's either Siriani deciding to be too smart or the upper management, one or the other, personally, for me. I think there's probably a lot of people who are at fault for this game. I don't think there's any one person. Well, there is one person you can put a lot of blame on, and we'll talk about him in a little while. Mick, it was a shit show all around, shit NATO, shit storm, whatever you want to call it. It was, um, it was poor. Certainly was, mate. Um, it was ju- it was just genuinely awful um, to to watch. Uh, Phil was is right in way he picked up on it, but instead of the Giants usually playing up for us, um, I think we played down to them. Uh, sort of as a game almost fitting to the Giants franchise. It was just a dumpster fire of a game in its entirety because our offense was was terrible and and plus. The defense actually wasn't too bad, um, but the offense was just awful and it just wasn't clicking on the day. Whether whose decision it was for the game management, I'm not entirely sure, but it's going to rest on Seriani, of course. So um, th- that's what it comes down on. And Jalen didn't have a great game, so I, I'm not, I know we're going to go on to talk about all of that stuff, but like just keeping it at a high level that, you, you know, it's, if, if you have a day like that on offense, just one of those days where just, it's not happening. It's not happening. Yeah. And look, as as the next matter podcast, you know, run by the British and Irish Eagles, it's our job to talk through and comment on the, on the bad results and the bad plays and the bad players as much as we've been, you know, glorifying them in the, in the last few weeks. So we need to get into the nuts and bolts of it and, and, and figure out why and give our opinion on why. And, and that's what we're going to do. And by doing that, we'll move straight into the good, the bad, and the damn right fucking awful. There is nothing <laughs> sexy about this segment this week. If you have been listening in before, you'll know that I always go and we always talk about a damn right sexy play, and I've changed it up here. It's the damn right fucking awful because there wasn't anything sexy about this performance against the Giants on this Sunday. So let's get into it. Uh, let's talk about the good first. Uh, that'll, that won't take too long, I don't think, because there wasn't, wasn't a lot that you can look at from an optimistic standpoint. But we are a positive podcast, and we do have a few things we want to pull out to talk to you guys about. And the, fir- and the first one of those is the offensive line. And Mick, I want to come straight back to you on this one. The offensive line played well, and they played well without Kelsey and Driscoll for large parts of the game. Uh, the left side of the offensive line is stellar. Uh, Mile Adda and Dickerson are just ridiculous. They're they're going to be they're going to be our left side of the offensive line for years to come. Now, Pro Bowl talents, I think, both of them for years to come. And in a game where we didn't 
do much on offense in terms of scoring. They put us in positions where we could, and they gave us the opportunity to run the ball well, Mick. So that's one positive that we continue to see throughout the season. And it's even more of a positive that we see two young guys stepping up in what is otherwise a relatively aging offensive line. Yeah, mate, you, you pretty much said it all. Um, there's, we had another consecutive game of over 200 rushing yards, and that's down to the 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 rush block that, is, that the offensive line is providing for us. So, like you pointed out, Myla and Dickerson on that left side are just dominating every defensive front um, that they're coming up against. There's That's the reason why we are the number one rush offense in the NFL now. We were number two last week, we're number one this week. Um, because of that, that line is just so dominant and, and it works for Hurts as well. He's that sort of, uh, he's also always that running threat. We've got with Jalen and Boston and Miles. I know we were missing Howard in this game, which was sort of so it was always obviously it was he was sorely missed for that game quite a lot. Howard is just sort of bursting in between the tackles. I don't think Miles is really that player. Boston isn't really that player either. Um and Kenny Gainwell certainly isn't. So mm-hmm. um we're sort of missing that sort of power back that you know, we sort of need, but the offensive line are still there making the lanes that, that need to be made. I think we could have utilised the run game a lot better in this game. I think the opportunity was definitely there um, and the offensive line was out there smashing it play after play. I don't know if, you, if either of you watch Baldi's breakdowns after the game. He usually puts up on Twitter and he'll, he'll talk through um, the offensive line plays. If you're listening to this podcast just now, um, afterwards, go and have a look at Twitter if you've not already watched them and also Fran Duffy did quite a good breakdown of the offensive line as well on uh, Eagle Eye so again that Baldy you said in the first instance yeah yeah the guy who appears on Sky Sports every now and again I think so yeah, I'll get one for he's it on he's, he's around the bazaars quite a bit isn't he to be honest yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Baldi's breakdowns are, are always really good, so I'd, I'd keep an eye out for that. But it, it just shows you the level of dominance that we have on that line. And like you said, we've got our second-round draft pick, and, and he's out there, and he's doing everything that's expected of him so far. It was very unfortunate that we missed Kelsey pretty much, what was that, about half of the game he was he was probably standing on the sideline for with that knee injury. Yeah. So hopefully he's, he's fit and ready for next week. I know that it's been a long season so far because we don't have our bye week until after the Jets game, so... Um, it's been a long, tiring time for our offensive line, but we, we have, up to this point, had a lot of continuity. But like you said, Driscoll went down, Kelsey went down. Uh, Herbert came in and did okay, apart from a couple of penalties that he obviously had. But on the whole, the offensive line was really good, again. See, I didn't say it all. <laughs> you had lots to talk about there. Uh, yeah, you, you're dead right. And also, uh, Brandon Brooks. We've not talked about Brandon Brooks. He's been missing for most of the season now. And, and and imagine he's in there as well. I know he's been pretty injury prone over the last couple of years and lots going on in, in his personal life as well. Um, Phil, just want to bring this point back over to you. Mick touched on the running game and it feels like it's sporadic. Uh, I know it's been good. Uh, and I say the word sporadic because it's not consistent. We're not seeing the same pairs of running backs we're not seeing running back to get through a whole game healthy without coming out of an injury. They're coming in for dribs and drabs, Sanders, Howard, you know, game that we haven't seen much. Is there a, is there a, is that one of the reasons why they're not sticking to the run game every game? Because they're seeing it working with some pairs, not with other pairs. 
Sanders, does, he can't seem to rely on him to be fit at the moment. What's your, what's your opinion on, on, on the running back quadrant at the moment? Well, well, like I said, it's, it feels like it was just a no-brainer to come to that game and just keep doing what you're doing. Just run all over them, like smash it down their throats. Doesn't matter who the running backs are. The like, you know, mix touch on the O-line is 90% of that running game at the moment. Essentially, you and I could run through half those gaps and and <laughs> um and and make a score. You'd be um, the power back, Phil, that we needed at the weekend. You're yeah. calling me fat. No, um, I don't know. <laughs> no, um, but it just I mean one one theory could be that he was trying, like I said, he was trying to be a little bit smart, trying to start the game with a lot of passing to sort of throw them off. Obviously they were going to stack the box from the off and thinking I'll throw a few bits here. It doesn't go to plan three and out. And then we just struggle to stop them. They go, they go up three nothing. It's three nothing for nearly three quarters. And I think maybe when you're in that position, he's a little bit too frightened to just stick to the wrong game. Like he hasn't got quite got enough faith to say no. It doesn't really matter what happens. We either lose this, we either win this by running it, or we lose it by running it. Let's not lose it because we've changed our game plan. And he just didn't have the the cojones to um like a honor to, like to, to to go with to go with what clearly is working maybe the howard injury had an impact on that and he was thinking ah, i haven't got that guy who's going to get me who's been the consistent you know yardage you know muncher and honeys <laughs> <laughs> and muncher and yeah, um, segment i love that <laughs> so i think maybe that has something to do with it maybe it was an external factors that they weren't running the game but it just maybe- seemed even more so now that by not running the ball relentlessly that they'd lost the game, whether it was a conscious decision to try and throw them off. And then like, as soon as they start thinking, oh, maybe they're not throwing it, then once the gaps start opening up a bit more, then really run it down, run it down their throats. But I mean, I think maybe I'm trying to give them too much credit. No, I um, think you're, you're, exploring, you're exploring all eventualities. I just want to jump in on a point you just made there, which was the game, uh, game time awareness decision-making by Sirianni. And you know, when you haven't scored for three quarters, whether it's on the ground or through the air, you need big plays, don't you? You want to throw the ball downfield to get big yardage, to get in the 20 yards uh, from the 20 yard line and in and, and scores. And we did see a number of interceptions where Kurtz tried to do that. And I think that's a, that's a nice segue into another part of, um, actually, no, we're going to keep that for the bad part. That's the bad part of the podcast, <laughs> which is Jalen Hurts, bit of an insider into that one. Um, okay, so let's look at another part of the good. And Mick, I'm going to come back to you again. I know I started with you on the last one, but it's the defense. And I'm coming to you because I'm not entirely sure I agree with you um, on the defensive line. I know we we, we shared our, our notes before the podcast. They were solid, I'll give you, but not spectacular, is what I would probably say on a defensive front. Um, you know, only one turnover, um, and we only got one turnover um, from the Giants, uh, which was with Javon Hargreave um, kind of just patted him down on the floor. It was it was hardly a, like a demolishing sack, was it? It was just get to him just before he before he falls down. Um, and yeah, we did prevent him from scoring, and we did keep ourselves in the game. However, I would have expected more from our defensive line to get to the quarterback more often. Um, no interceptions. Um, no forced fumbles, no sacks other than the one from Hargreaves, so one sack. I think they were solid. I'm not sure I'd go as far as to say they were really good, but please take the floor. Disagree with me. Um, well, I mean, uh, 
don't get me wrong, I don't think the defence was spectacular in the game, but we held the Giants to 13 points. If you're holding someone to under 20 points or a touchdown and a couple of field goals, it's it's pretty good in my opinion. Even the, the touchdown the Giants did have looked a bit dodgy to me, to be honest with you. It sort of it was rolled on his leg. I thought, I thought it could have really went either way on that, but that... <laughs> Doesn't really matter, but th- th- there was. I think there it wasn't. Was I think it was a touch. I think it was a touchdown, definitely. Yeah, well, it was. It was just it was, incredibly it was fluky. Being, I think it was incredibly fluky as well. It was really a tough one on the defense because the defense, I think, were were fairly good in the red zone as well, um, keeping the Giants down to a couple of field goals on on some of the drives. Um, a lot of three and outs. Um, There's. I know. I know. Like you said, we didn't get this, the sack numbers. We were expecting a bit more against the, the Giants' offensive line, which hasn't been particularly great this year. Played well I'm against sort of, us, to be fair. They, they yeah. didn't play badly against us. They played well. I'm sort of agreeing and sort of disagreeing. I'm on the fence. I'm taking fouls, pills, <laughs> Um <laughs> on, on the defensive front. The red uh, and the blue pill. I know he takes both. <laughs> Definitely do not need to take the blue pill, but thanks. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they did enough to stifle the game. Um, I don't think there was any real point where I was watching the game and I was so frustrated at the defense that was, you know, it was it was definitely more on the other side of the ball than anything. Yeah. Um, I think if the if the offense had any sort of momentum or you you know, just if if they could string a, a drive together. Scoring drive together, um, we wouldn't we wouldn't be talking about the defense at all, you know, because they they, they came out and they did their job, basically, for most yeah. part of the game. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I get it. I, I'm sticking with my solid and not spectacular, but I, I can't disagree with you about holding them to 13 points. It is is solid. I think I just expect a little bit more from them getting to the quarterback. Um, maybe that's just me. Phil, um, one player on defense who continues to impress is big play Slay. And uh, I don't know if you guys have seen Twitter today, but him and his partner, his wife, Jennifer, have been all over Twitter um, sending the link out to get him to the Pro Bowl. And to be honest with you, he deserves it, Phil. I mean, he's been, he has been incredibly impressive since last year. Yeah, yeah I mean, him along with Maddox have really sort of been sort of comforting presences in the in the defense they, they're coming up with plays every every game you're hearing whenever you see a big play it's it's tends to be slay um <laughs> i mean i think yeah when you look at the game as a whole it was a very quiet game all round offense and defense so in terms of that game if you're still hearing the names of maddox and slay then then you know that they're doing something right and, and i think i think the defense did did particularly well because i mean i know that the giants aren't spectacular but that was a game that could quite easily have gotten away from us. But how badly our offense was playing, if the defense hadn't stepped up, it wouldn't have been a case of, oh, come on, all the offense needs to do is score a touchdown and we're back in it. It would have been a case of, this is absolutely atrocious. And I, and yeah, and I think it's damn right that he's, he's in the contention for the, for, you know, he's been heavily nominated, heavily touted for the Pro Bowl uh, nomination. When you get, you know, was it three, um, three touchdowns of the season? Uh, I mean, in terms of if you rank all the touchdown scores for the Eagles, he'd probably be, what, second or third? Well, he's got more than Rager. <laughs> he's got more than, than, a, than a lot of them, to be honest. I, mean, I suppose if you discount the running backs, he's probably number two, I think. Um, 
and and that alone, I mean, I know defense isn't there to score touchdowns, but that is just a, the strongest indicator you can use. And watching the plays where he's where he intercepted the ball against the Saints, um, just a pitch perfect defensive cornerback play. Um, and yeah, like I said, against the Giants, you still heard his name, even though the, the, the game as a whole was terrible. Yeah, it's funny you say you still say his name. Like it's you, you have the cornerbacks who you don't want to hear the name because they're just locking down the wide receiver all game and they just don't throw it to him. Or you have the cornerbacks who jump up and make the big plays and Slay's definitely like that. But he's also the other um, as well because what we don't hear about, what he is the number one cornerback in the NFL in single coverage, one-on-one coverage in the league. I mean, that's defensive player of the year stuff, right? I know he's not got the interceptions that, Trayvon Diggs has for the Cowboys or anything like that. But we've seen Trayvon Diggs make a lot of mistakes that have led um, to it going the other way as well. But he is, he, he's up there in, in, I think, top top 20 defensive players of the NFL this year. And certainly, certainly in the top, in the conversation for the top uh, one, two, three uh, on the cornerback position. So, yeah, I mean, we, we you know, talking about the goods, Darius Slay, baby. Let's keep him. He's going to stay there. And and Mick, you talked about it previously, about that rapport he's got with Devontae Smith and the character he is and the leader he is on the defensive side of the ball. So, um, yeah, continuing to see what we what we want to see from Darius Slay. But the last good we're going to talk about is, yeah, it's kind of good. And it's one of our favorite players. You know, I just finished off a bottle of Singleton um, only, only, only last night, the whiskey. And Alex Singleton, we talked about him loads on a podcast last year. He's one of our favorite players for many reasons. The person he is, what he does with his sister and his family, where he's come through in his career um, in, in the Canadian um, Football League and being dropped around by teams. He really showed up for us last year. <clears throat> whether he was in the right role, Mick, we talked about it earlier, earlier on in the year, this year, and whether that was affecting the way he was playing. But he definitely stepped up, Mick, on Sunday and, and made some good plays and... It was the singleton we were used to seeing last year. Absolutely. He was, um, I don't know if you've seen it, but he was voted um, the, the player of the game. Um, I didn't see that. Okay, awesome. Uh, for the Eagles, the Toyota player, whatever, he tweeted out, and it was Alex Singleton um, for his 12 combined tackles. And uh, he had three tackles for loss and uh, a pass breakup and, and, and coverage. So he, he had a good game. So credit, credit where credit's due. Um, we weren't sure. What was what Singleton's future was, um, especially the way the seasons went so far. Um, but you know, if he if he keeps turning up like that, then you know there, there's no reason he can't come back into the team and and uh, make that position his own. I know he's he sort of fallen in for Davion Taylor. He's went on IR, so um, Singleton yeah. has has filled in it in here. So, but like I said, he's he's um, he, he did all the right things on Sunday. It's just unfortunate that. The offense didn't do anything. Probably fair to also say the linebacker room in general has had a bit of an as a well, actually, pretty stark improvement over the last four or five weeks from what we saw at the start of the season. Hey, I'm not turning around and saying we don't need to, you know, fill in some holes and some gaps on the on the linebacker room come the offseason and come the draft, but I'm more confident in guys stepping up and playing than I was when someone went down towards the start of the season and and, and last season. As well. Okay, right. I think we've exhausted the good from the heroic, heroic, horrific uh, game against the uh, the Giants at the weekend. So let, let's talk about the bad. And I touched on it earlier on, um, thinking we were in the good. And the reason I did that was because I'm so used to talking about him in the good section. 
and we have we have started off the good, the bad, and the damn right sexy, which it was before this week, with Jalen Hurts and Nick Sirianni every week. And the tables have turned, boys. We're flipping it. The first two things I want to talk about in the bad section are Jalen Hurts and Nick Sirianni, right? It was not good. It was dreadful, right? I'm feeling angry again. It was really, really, really bad. Jalen Hurts was diabolical. You know, three interceptions is unexcusable. Phil, you mentioned earlier, you're never going to win a game of football if you, if you throw three interceptions, or very rarely you will. But it, it wasn't just that, it was his decision-making. You know, Phil, you can, you can debate that some of those drops were on the wide receivers, and he ran 77 yards on the ground again. He's, you know, he's, he's comfortably in the top 10, if not in the top seven, eight in running backs in the league when it comes to touchdowns and, and rushing yards, let alone quarterbacks. But this was a bad game for Jalen Hurts, Phil. And it was bad because of all the reasons that all of the all of our rivals, all of the NFL community had said, and that is Jalen Hurts can't throw the ball. And, and, and that is slightly concerning from what we saw against the Giants, Phil. He's, he's definitely not helped himself with this game. This is this is ticking all the right boxes for all the naysayers. So all the people that, like you said, have complained, have complained or, or mocked him mocked us as Eagles fans to say, you know, your Tua's replacement can't throw all that, all that jazz. I think it's, this is hard to, it's hard to defend. It's hard to kind of go, yeah, but, you know, yeah, but this, yeah, yeah, but he, you know, you said his decision-making and I will sort of caveat that and say, well, actually his decision-making is pretty, was pretty good because he did run, run the ball and he made some really good decisions on running. It's just when he seemed to throw it that um, there was, there's plenty of, uh, plenty of times the wide receivers. I mean, yeah, it, was, it seemed it seemed to target Rager f- far too much, and a lot of pe- I've seen a lot of people saying that that's because um, his first first two reads weren't there, so he ends up going to Rager, <laughs> and it's just like why 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 would you do that anytime? Even if he was your only option, you'd still throw it away. Um, or anyone, but it. <laughs> <laughs> anyone but Rager. And yeah, I just. Uh, it just feels like when when you're giving Rager nine targets and throwing three interceptions in the game, if we knew that, if, he, if someone said to you, right, you're going into the Giants game, Rager's going to get targeted nine times, Hurts is going to go through, throw three interceptions, you'd be like, right, I'm not going to bother watching it because clearly we're going to get our asses handed to us. I'm just I'm just smirking to myself um, because I know uh, when, we ca- when we come to the, the damn right dreadful uh, we're going to be talking about um, someone who you may have just mentioned. Jalen Rager w- was was really bad. I, I want to correct you slightly, well, or maybe not correct you slightly. Nick Sirianni, after the game, came out and said that the designed plays weren't designed for Rager. Um, th- those last two drops we saw at the um, at the end of the game, which brings you back to, okay, well, is that on? I know it's on Rager for dropping them, but maybe it's not on Sirianni for designing it up, and maybe there's some of Hertz's. You know, maybe Hertz got to take some responsibility there for even not seeing Devontae Smith. We've seen, I don't know if you guys have seen, but I've certainly seen some of the um, the tweets and of the coverage and Devontae Smith being open on both plays and whether he was open versus whether he, whether he wasn't open. Um, but yeah, I, I feel you. Um, Hertz has, Mick Hertz has set himself back um, nearly to the start of the season with that performance against the Giants. Yeah, he didn't do himself any favors. Uh, he just he just didn't have a good game, and, and I, I don't know what it is about Jalen, but you can sort of see it in him um, during the game, just, just, during the first half. I just thought 
this is just one of those games for him where it just doesn't happen. Maybe it's going to be a fourth quarter comeback that was happening in some of the early games of the season where we were good for the first drive and then he just disappeared. And then towards the end of the game, he came up clutch. And that that actually did happen, but it's just that when he passed it to, to Riga, Riga decided that he couldn't fucking catch a ball. So <laughs> I know we'll get we'll go into that. But uh, no, Hurts, I feel I feel bad for him actually because he gave the receivers ample opportunity to oh. win that game. Um the one to Greg Ward should have been a catch, the two to Rager should have been catches. He uh, there was another touchdown that was taken off the board from for uh, pass interference. There was another one taken off the board for uh, holding on it was uh, Herbig. So I, f- I feel really bad for Jet. We wouldn't really be talking about it if you know one of those just one of those instances hit. We saw we, we spoke about it at the very start of the podcast. It's just everything everything that could have went wrong just went wrong. Like we, mm. we couldn't get a decision going our way. It was just even even the touchdown that went against us, that was um we were on third down. It was a PI call against um Anthony Harris. It just reset it to first and goal. And lo and behold, see when that happens, you, you always know that they're going to score off of that. And, um, you know, we just didn't do Jalen any favours, but he also didn't do himself any favours. He, he really didn't have a, a good game and his accuracy is questionable. Um, and it's all, it's also it's always going to be hanging over his head. Every single game this season is just like another test for, for Jalen Hurts. So every single week, um, it's, it's just another clean the slate. What's he doing? What, what's happening in, in Hurts this week? He is he is probably outside of maybe Tua Tungavailoa the most watched quarterback in the league to see what, you know, the most judged quarterback in the league. We're going to speak to um, Andres Groves shortly from the Jets UK podcast looking into next week. He might have a different opinion saying that Zach Wilson is one of the most watched uh, and judge quarterbacks in the league. Um, but we'll we'll bring you in in a second, Andres. Uh, we're just going to finish up the the bad part of our week, which is when we when we look at how bad the Eagles have been and, and what went wrong. You, <laughs> You'll you enjoy missed, this, but <laughs> you, you missed the good part. That was before. <laughs> and um, we had we had some some stuff today, but to say, but not but not a lot if if we're being honest. Um, I, I see where you're coming from, Mick, but I, I disagree with you slightly because. I do feel like, well, I'm not disagreeing because you said Jalen didn't hurt himself. I found that in the first half of the game specifically, and some of these were catches which were made, one by Smith, Jalen was throwing it behind the wide receivers instead of into their stride or where they were where, where they should be going to. And a couple of times our, our, our wide receivers made a play to, to grab the ball and pull it in, and a couple of, a couple of times they didn't. Uh, I, I don't think he did a lot wrong on the throws to Jalen Rager. I think Jalen Rager had an opportunity to hold both of them in. One hit his helmet um, it, on his head, that is, and um, and one went through his hand. Um, so his hands even. <sighs> yeah. Uh, do you know what? Look, let, let's just kill it there. Put a level on it. Jalen Hurts had a bad game. Nick Sirianni had a bad game. I'm not going to talk about it now because we talked about him earlier on in the podcast about him not running the ball and whether there's interference from the ownership within the franchise that may have influenced it. And it was just a bad, badly called game. It was a badly called game. Everything went wrong. Even, even some of the calls by the referees, which I wanted to talk about, there were a number of occasions where they didn't call holding on the Giants. Um, and in, this, in a similar situation, they called holding on us. There wasn't loads of 
penalties in the game, but the penalties that happened happened at important times. You mentioned a PI call we just we, um, against Harris, um, which was a huge part of the game. Everything went wrong. And I'm Irish. I'm used to being lucky. I'm not used to this stuff, right? Everything that could have happened went wrong in that game. All right, okay. So before, <laughs> before we do go on, um, and Andres, I'll, I'll welcome you in again in a second, but normally in this podcast, this is the good, the bad, and the damn right sexy. This week, it's the good, the bad, and the damn right fucking awful. Uh, and the damn right and the damn right awful this week is Jalen Rager. I'm not going to spend too much time on it. We've talked about it already. We know why it's awful. Don't throw him the pole ever again. I've lost all faith in him. I've given him rope over the last few weeks. That rope is gone. It's been burnt. I've watched it burn away out the door with Rager's name as the last piece of rope just evaporating into the oxygen at the back garden. It, it, it's over. Jalen Rager for me is over. Nick Sirianni's come out and said that they're slower to target him. But Mick... It, Surely, come on, it's over for you, right? It's over for me. Rager is no more. It was over for me weeks ago. I keep, I keep bringing him up on the pod nearly every week and saying that he's terrible. I keep he's defending him. That's why, I'm, that's why I'm saying it's gone. <laughs> um, I just, I don't know what it is that Rager does well. I just can't see. It. He's, he's not shown it to me. Um, he, he doesn't return the football well. He doesn't run um, good enough routes. He's, he's not physical. He, he, I just don't know what it is that Rager does. Um, I'm not fortunate enough to have watched his time at TCU, so I can't really tell you how you know good he was in college to be selected in the first round before Justin Jefferson. But um, that's on Sir eh, not Sir Harry, God, it's, it's on uh, <laughs> on Harry for, for making that selection at that point. I mean, let's face it, well, all all rookies are throws at the dartboard. You never really know what what player you're going to get, and it's just. Justin Jefferson's going to hang over him for the rest of his career, similar to G. Joe and uh, D.K. Metcalf. But Rager, I just don't see it in him. I've not seen anything from him. I'm not interested. Phil, you feeling the same? Rager gone, baby? Yeah, there's not much more more to add to that, really. He's, he's on the last of his nine lives. I think he's got. he's going to have to pull something magical out of the hat before well, the end cats, of the season. Cats have good reflexes. He doesn't even have those. That was that was his opportunity, like to yeah. to, to to come up and, and win that game in the dying seconds, um against one of the fiercest rivals, division rival. The, the um, last he shot it so fuck yeah, up. the last um the last sort of defensive uh opinion you can have of Rager was oh he doesn't get enough targets so you can't judge him too harshly. He might get one target. Now he's had them. Now he's had his like eight, nine targets in a game and he's fucked every one of them. So I think you can, if you're trying to look for an area to defend him now, it just doesn't exist. Seven, seven targets for those statos listening in. Uh, but yeah, seven, seven targets and you know, you know, holding two of them. And um, so yeah, Jalen Rager, bye-bye. Right. Okay. Um, so I did normally at the start of the episode, I say whether this is a special episode or not. I didn't say that this episode because obviously it was a shambles of what we saw, um, but it's a special episode in a certain way because we're looking forward to the Jets game this coming Sunday, and we have Andres. Is it Andres or Andres? Am I, am I saying? Yes, Andres. Yeah, Andres. Andres at Andres Groves from the Jets UK pod at Jets UK pod, which is the UK Jets podcast. Yep. Thank you for joining us, Andres. And no, thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem, man. Just first off, tell us a bit about yourself and your podcast. And are you looking forward to the game on Sunday? Uh, yeah, I think it's a, it's going to be a good game. Um, 
another chance for our young team to go up against a, you know, uh, a decent opponent. And uh, yeah, we'll see how they match up. Um, we started our podcast uh, just before free agency this year. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's been going really well. Um, yeah, I think it's uh, it, you know it's been a bit of a, a bit of an up and down season for the Jets. It's that people are having to get used to another rebuild, which is after ten years of no playoffs. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit of a hard sell, but it's it really does feel like for the first time since the Rex Ryan years collapsed, we finally seem to have everyone in, in place who seems to be the logical. Like there's grown ups making the decisions, and and none other than obviously a former guy that was at your building, uh, Joe Douglas, who. I feel if he was in the room with with uh, with Harry last last year's draft, he would he would have gone with um, Jefferson over Rager. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I'm just saying because yeah, I, I don't know that that was always a shocking decision for me when I as a, as a kind of neutral fan seeing that. I was like, oh yeah, Jefferson. I can see him in the Eagles uniform. It just seemed like the perfect landing spot. And then you guys went Rager. I was like, well, okay. I mean, you know, you never know, <laughs> right? But from everything, and it's been proven, unfortunately, right. He seems to be the new Aguilar, doesn't you know? In terms of um, yeah. So it's kind of is, but yeah, I mean, we're, we're kind of, um, we're rebuilding, we're, we're the youngest team in the NFL in terms of the average age and it shows like there's games where we come out and we're like, this team should not exist on the NFL uh, landscape. And then other, you know, then we beat the Bengals, we beat the Titans, whether we handle the Texans, they're just absolutely they're terrible we just beat them it was that was an actually dreadful game. And, and I think we lose to probably 29 other teams uh, last Sunday, but um yeah it's kind of just one of those up and down years we're gonna it's the first year of the new start and we have to kind of be patient but it's hard it is hard to tell the people um be patient after no no playoffs for 10 yeah, years yeah I, I, i'm sure and i'm gonna give you a heads up now <laughs> so um as when we have guests on we ask them to do our predictions uh okay. what's going to come in the week and because we have guests on, we predict the, it's it's an Eagles podcast prediction. So we're going to ask mm-hmm. you to predict some Eagles players. So I'm going to give you a little bit of time to think about when we throw it around. Okay. Uh, some, some of the predictions are going to be who, who the first touchdown score is going to be for the Eagles. Okay. Uh, who's going to have the most rushing yards for the, uh, sorry, what will the total rushing yards okay. for the Eagles be? What will the final score be for the Eagles? Mm-hmm. If there is an outside the box prediction for the Eagles, and who will have the most receiving yards for the Eagles? And I'm looking at Phil if I've missed one on that list. No, I was just thinking we could we could quite easily just convert it and allow allow Andres to uh, do to Jets do, one to do Jets nominations for okay. the same yeah. same principles. Let's do that. I mean, I can, I can throw out some Eagles because I know obviously against our defense, I know where the weaknesses are in the defense and kind yeah, of where it's, the, it's totally up to you, man. It's I'll the tell you what, we're going to get. You we're might have get... more an advantage picking gonna... Eagles players. <laughs> why don't Why don't we get them to do both, and then we can see if that will work. Yes, right, uh, or the Eagles, right? <laughs> anyway, yeah. just to give you a bit of a heads up for that. No, that's all right. Um, no there was um, a moment, Liam. There was a moment during the Giants game, and I was thinking about the predictions, and I was like, "Who did I take for the first Eagles touchdown again?" And then I was thinking, "Are we even going to have a touchdown in this game?" <laughs> because we had scored in three quarters, and I was like, "It's just a disaster." It was a disaster class uh, as opposed to a master class. Andres, before we get into some of the, the questions we have for you, mm-hmm. I just wanted to get your overall feeling going in. Do you, you must feel so much more confident having watched the Eagles play the Giants on Sunday going into the game at the weekend. Um, yeah, I still think that you guys, in terms of what you have been doing well up to last Sunday, is a real issue for us defensively in terms of stopping the run. Um, we kind of, we, we really 
do get up the field from the front line. As the Salah defence, it's kind of really aggressive. And I feel there's some discipline issues um, on the second and, and, you know, the second line of defence and in the safety unit where we've had a lot of injuries and we've got a lot of guys coming from the street free agents who are having to fill in those gaps when the defensive line are getting up to try and get the sacks. And then they're, and then the linebackers and the safeties are responsible. They're not, they're not being good enough. So it's been a kind of process of trying to figure out who's the best man to cover up when we've had injuries. And we're, I think we're getting to a point where we've got some decent people in place to cover up those, um, those kind of injuries and kind of coping back from where the injuries have happened and now getting those people who can do a decent job. And I think though it kind of, it's hard to tell when you play the Texans, you just don't know how good you yeah. are really. So I think you guys match up quite well. And, but I think there's the Giants did show a blueprint on how to make life difficult. And uh, I think that um, they're going to have to take a page out of that and see if they, if they can be effective um, in stopping the Eagles uh, rushing attack. He's been very complimentary so far. So, Andres, you can come on anytime to this, uh, this <laughs> nah. podcast. The, the, cowboy, <laughs> the, the Cowboys guy that we had on, Cowboys UK, he was complimentary to the Eagles. And oh, are they so lowering I'm not, I'm us not into a false for that again. security? Is I'm that what's going on? <laughs> no, nah, that's not happening with me. I mean, you know, you guys, you know, you're a respectable NFL franchise. We're one of the kind of you know, bottom dwellers, the cellar dwellers of the NFL at the moment. So it's, it's you know, you guys have your ups and downs. And obviously Sunday was a, it was a terrible game. But um, by and large, you know, I think you guys are obviously um, still in a, obviously a rebuild in terms of because of with the new coach and all that. But I think you, yeah. um, you've got some good players to build around. And uh, I, I don't take you guys lightly, even though you've come off a, um, a bad game. I, I still see a lot of um, good quality players that you can affect the Jets and, and we can win and lose against anybody because of, of the youth that we've got. So I never take anything for granted with, with the Jets. Just uh, make sure to send me your PayPal or bank details for the money after this podcast and I'll, I'll get it sent straight through you. Andres, <laughs> listen, I wanted, to, I wanted to gauge your opinion on the quarterback room at the yeah. Jets because we've seen four different quarterbacks line up for you this year. We've seen, obviously, Zach Wilson. Uh, I know Mick's got a question for you later on about Zach Wilson that he put in the chat. Um, go and read it, Mick, if you if you can't remember it. Um, we, we've also seen uh, Joe Flacco, obviously, moved from our birds yeah. this year. Uh, uh, Josh Johnson and, of course, Mike White um, as well, who I think may have played the most games as backup to Zach Wilson so far this year. Yeah. <sighs> Zach was touted as, like, kind of a Mahomesy type player coming out of the draft. Mm-hmm. I remember watching the pro day and watching them sling the ball. And I was like, man, this line looks good to mm-hmm. the point where I took him in quite a few of my uh, dynasty leagues as like mm-hmm. a kind of second, second string, third string quarterback. It, he's not had the best start to his life at the NFL. I, I think that's fair to say when we look at other rookie quarterbacks, I mean, not a lot of rookie quarterbacks have had a great life start to life at the NFL this year. I, you no. know, I think Mac Jones is, by far and away had the best um, start to life. And we kind of look at Hertz as being a starter this year because he only played a couple of games last year. And he's probably second. If you look at that branch of quarterbacks, mm. he's had seven games as a starter, 57% completion. The big one for me is the four touchdowns, 11 interceptions. You, you know, those, those stats are not normally conducive to uh, a, a good quarterback, but he is young. You know, he's still um, pretty wet in terms of being used to the league. Did you feel he was quarterback ready 
coming into the NFL or NFL quarterback ready, should I say, starting caliber ready? Or was he thrust in too soon? Did he need a bit more time? And does he need more time? What's your just your general opinion? Yeah, I think um, it's, it's hard because I, I was very confident with about his uh, ability to, to, obviously he'll have the ups and downs as every rookie that, you know, will have. But I, I did have the ability, you know, the confidence in him to, to manage it. And I feel that um, what's been surprising is his, I feel that he's, a, he's way more amped up in games. I think, I think the moments get to him right now and it throws it off. I, I think his, um, his mechanics desert him, even though they're there when things are cooler, when you see him playing really well and in the second half of most games, it settles down and he does better. Generally, he has really bad kind of, his, if you look at the trajectory of most of his, most of his games, it, he starts off pretty erratic. Most of his interceptions and mistakes happen in the first quarter really? and then he right. settles. Yeah, he settles down. And I think it's just because um, I think he's just like that Patriots game was, I think, a bit of a, a really eye opener for him. Um, I mean, he, I think he was very always hyper aware that the windows were going to be tighter in the NFL than where they were, not just in college, but in BYU, you know, the, the opponents of BYU are facing um, because he's, you know, he's, a, he's, a, he's kind of obsessive about film. He's obsessive about being in the classroom and improving. But I think it's now got to the point where he overthinks everything now. And then he gets gets amped up, makes a mistake, and then he's trying to play hearable to make up for the mistake he already made. And I think... They brought in John Beck, who was his um, kind of QB coach, his private QB coach. He also worked with um, Lance and uh, and Fields as well in the offseason. And they've hired him actually to come in and be on the sidelines so then Mike LaFleur can go up to the booth um, because it, it was working better once he did that with the backups. So um, hopefully now that will work where, you know, um, the the John Beck will be able to kind of talk with him through these games and kind of make sure that he's not getting too out of too erratic and too much out of his own ability but he's really struggling with the short game like you know he he's he's struggling to hit simple passes that you would expect you know any QB to make I like the golf analogy there the short game the chipping (laughs) the putting I like that yeah I mean it is he's struggling with with the stuff you know the the stuff that you really are are supposed to be gimme plays he he is really um struggling with that and I think it all comes down to trying to get the ball in and out really fast and he's rushing everything um, because he's, I think he's aware of the speed that he has to go, but I think it's kind of, he's playing too fast, you know? So I think he just needs to get that experience under his belt to kind yeah. of gauge where the speed needs to be, you know? And I think that's with time. And I think he's, you know, his stats kind of line up with, with other QBs who have struggled and some of them have been Blaine Gabbert's and some of them have been Josh Allen's. Right. So yeah. like, it's kind of, you don't know which way it's going to go, but um, I think he has all world ability. The reason why he had the Mahomes comps and people like that, I thought I, my personal comp was Aaron Rodgers and it's, that's actually his hero. He's got a very similar body build there. When we went for joint practices with them, you saw the slingy, slingy kind of arm when they, yeah, exactly. And they got the same, well, yeah. the same height, got similar body frame. I think it was very similar and it is his hero. And so I feel he's also trying to play that kind of, you know, that kind of game before he's trying to run before he's walking or even crawling at this point. So, and I think, what we hoped going into last week's game for his return was that he would have seen what the backups did, where they played within the system with the experience they had. Even though Mike White had his first start, he had been in the league for a number of years on training camps and kind of really and played preseason games, things like that. So they were a bit more calm about it. They just took what was there 
and play within the system. And you saw that San Francisco system worked for people like Nick Mullins, CJ Bethard, when Jimmy G has been out in the previous years. It works to kind of get production out of people who you wouldn't expect, and it worked for our backups as well. Zach Wilson is there to elevate it to another level, like Aaron Rodgers has done for a similar system for Mike LaFleur's brother up in Green Bay. In theory, in terms of that's the quality of play, that's the kind of type of play you've got in terms of his yeah. skill set. Whether now, he can, whether he can actually then of go. Of course, I mean that, and that's his ceiling. That, yeah. But you know whether, you know whether that's you know when he gets there, it's obviously very low chance he'll get there. But it's you know that's the ability that he has possesses physically, uh, and so it's a very interesting thing to see. You know, he's definitely the most talented quarterback that we've drafted, even more than Sam Darnold. You know. I just now we have to see if he puts it together uh, mentally. I think it is mostly mentally that's affecting his physical mistakes and his mechanics, uh, especially low body. Well, I think I speak for uh, everyone on this podcast and everyone listening to say that I hope he doesn't turn into Josh Allen or Patrick Rogers when he plays us this coming Sunday. Uh, well, <laughs> let's let's uh, let's hope he holds fire on that. And you know, look, you know, New York Jets. We don't mind you guys. We've nothing against you guys, and you guys have been through a lot. Be nice to see some consistency from you guys moving forward. Uh, I wonder, I just wonder about, and I know you mentioned earlier about the adults making the decisions now, whether we're going to give them the time because they haven't given a lot of quarterbacks time over the last few years. And uh, maybe that's something for us to look out for. But before before we go into that a little bit, Phil, I think you had a question you were going to throw to Andrews. Yeah, it's just a bit of a fun one, really. I mean, you guys have suffered enough, um, obviously, but uh, and things are actually starting to improve. Like you said, you've got you've got a quarterback that you can actually get excited about, that you can grow with. You've got a coach that's come in that a lot of a lot of teams were coveting. But if you could insert someone into your organization, either player or backroom staff, right now, um, to have the most, the biggest impact and actually make the biggest difference to your season, do you? Uh, do you? Who would that be? Oh, on the spot, Phil. I oh, like okay. it. Okay, so you're saying a player or. Um, I would say I don't think the defensive start any of the staff would need to change it into I think it would be a, a player. I think what we would really be missing is um probably a, a cornerback one uh or you know okay. or wide receiver one, both of those where I, I would have gone I would have gone wide receiver one if, if looking yeah, at Jets, it's the yeah. same it's the same thing. Like we have quite good depth, but it's really wide receiver two and cornerback two downwards. Like if, yeah. if we get those two positions filled out in the future and everyone else slots into position, that's where it's going to look really good. Um, so where because, we were last year, Andres, with yeah. a, we had a CB2 and a CB and a wide receiver one looking down last year as from mm. an Eagles organization. And, um, you know, well, we had we had Slay, but he wasn't performing to the level that we really expect him to be at. Um, yeah. So, yeah, sorry, go on. No, so, yeah, I think that's, you know, we, we've got Bright, Bryce Hall, is a guy that we took in the fifth round last year, but he's actually kind of dropped down the draft boards because of injury. Uh, he was touted to be kind of a borderline first, second round talent. Um, <clears throat> and he's really shown up, come back from injury, shown up really well, but he just lacks the ball skills to be a true number one, uh, kind of uh, have those kind of really ball hawky kind of things that you want, a guy who's going to take away five to seven interceptions a year. He just doesn't have those ball skills. And I think, so he's going to be, but he's really a, a good player at kind of snuffing out the opponent's He's done a really good job at, at dealing with the, the, the opponent's wide receiver one. So it'll be interesting to see what he does with um, Devonta on Sunday. Um, but I think naturally, if we were able to get that kind of really high-level talent, maybe it's in the draft, maybe it's in free agency, and put him into CB2, then it would everything knocks down. And the same thing, with we try to bring in Corey Davis as a, a wide, um, wide receiver one. 
we didn't really pay in wide receiver one money. We had it, it was pretty, it was only 12, 12 and a half million per year. So I think it's kind of a decent well, Elijah Moore as well. Uh, he, yeah, he, and he, he, he's looked pretty good this year. Yeah, yeah. And I think he has the ability to potentially be that kind of smaller wide receiver one that you know sometimes you see around the league where you know I'm not saying Tyreek, but you know how Tyreek's a smaller, but he's definitely the wide receiver one in that room. Yeah, that, I like the comparisons, by the way. You know, yeah. uh, we're, we're going quarterback. Well, I, I don't want to put him with Tyreek. Josh Allen Tyreek's, and yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, Tyreek's got his own complete skill set. I'm just saying, in terms of a smaller receiver being yeah, the yeah. number, the clear number one it. on the team, I think Elijah has that ability to do so because his route running, his is kind of everything. About, he's got the complete package in terms of uh, abilities. He's just, you know, he's just not a tall player, but everything else about him is fantastic. So. I think it's there potentially, um, but I, I think the wide receiver room is quite deep, but just we're missing that star player uh, to really put us over the top. I like it. I like it a lot. Mm-hmm. Guys, I want to just throw back over to you, Mick, uh, quickly, and then, and then on to Phil. Just before we go into the predictions part of the podcast for the week coming, Beardo, McBeardison, how are you feeling about the Jets game coming up? Are we, are we talking bounce back ability? Uh, or, or, or are we worried and concerned after what we saw? I think we have to be confident. I know we we had a terrible game against the Giants and blah, 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 blah. But we learned from our mistakes and, well, we've learned from our mistakes and that uh, we are the number one rush offence for a reason. Um, and the, the Jets are, are ranked 29th. Uh, yeah, sorry. And no, that's, that's the rush offence. 27th. In rush defense, so I mean, it's similar to to the Giants, where we said, oh, "Do what we do best, run the ball," um, and we shouldn't have too many tro- too much trouble. Um, the Jets, the Jets could potentially, like um, so Andres pointed out, is that you know look at that Giants game and see how they stifled their offense, make Jalen Hurts throw the ball, so stack the box, sort of like Phil was mentioned earlier, but what we exactly what we said with Sariani, what he did with the Saints is just believe in your players, believe that our offense is better than their defense. And and that's it. And and he has to he has to believe that I don't know if we've got Howard back this week. I've not heard anything from the press conferences. I'm not sure. Um but we've still we've still got Sanders, we've still got Scott, we've, we've got plenty in that in that room um to hurt uh to hurt the Jets, but I mean the Jets like they, they have a, a number of, of weapons on on defense, which I was actually going to ask Andrews about. Yeah. Is that um, like John Franklin Myers? He seems to be having a season on edge. He's got six sacks in the season. Um, I think he, he did. He get paid at the start of the season. Yeah, he got paid just before we headed to London. Actually, uh, week five. Um, he's in a, season. Yeah, he's a guy that we picked up off the Rams. Um, they kind of released him because of the, the talent they had on the defensive line. Mm. And um, yeah, we just snapped. It was one of Joe Douglas's first moves as when he came in kind of that summer, he came in um, and he, he snapped up JFM. And yeah, he's just been just a consummate like pro. He's been improving and he's a really, really good player. Um, you know, we had the injury to Carl Lawson, who we brought in as a free agent, and he was looking very, he was, he was just blowing up camp every single, like Mackay Becks and our left tackle was just getting absolutely mauled every single day and, and it wasn't so much that he, he was his performance was that bad even though it's a bit discouraging a little bit but it was just Carl Lawson was just incredible and obviously the Achilles goes but Jer, you know John Franklin Myers and 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 
and Carl Olsen was supposed to be those two positions where Carl Olsen would play like the Nick Bosa role. And then John Franco Myers would play that kind of the other side where he's a bit of a bigger guy, maybe not quite as bendy, but can still, you know, can do run, you know, run contain, you know, um, pass contain, run contain, kind of continue that edge while the other guy goes wide and does the kind of attacking on that side. That was supposed to be the plan. But I think we've had a lot of injuries where uh, John Franco Myers has been able to, has to be the guy out wide and it's not suited him. So since he's come back in and we've had some other players come back in, not Carl Lawson, but other people who play that position, the wide line position, he's got back in and he's got six sacks. And Quinn Williams has also got six sacks as well on the season from, from oh, the defensive yeah. tackle. So the defensive line is, is is strong, especially now we've got um Bryce Huff is our kind of is like a free agent, undrafted free agent from last year, who's a really good player. Um, probably should have been drafted. And he's filled in. You know, he's not Carl Lawson, but he's done a good job at filling that role that's allowed everyone else to slot back into their more comfortable position. And I think the lines look better against Miami and then against Houston. So hopefully that continues uh, where we're just not getting gashed um, so much. You know, hopefully that that quality of the performance works for us because otherwise it could be a long day. You mentioned the uh, camp. Let's hope that the camp, the shared camp we had, the Eagles and the Jets, is exactly what happens uh, when we get on Sunday, because Andrew, I love having you on, but we absolutely destroyed you in that camp. So, <laughs> yeah, I remember the reports. Yeah, I mean, well, I was just listening to the, to Salah's interview today, and the, and the the reporters were asking him about, you know, obviously how you know you guys saw each other in camp, and and they're like, yeah, well, basically they're saying all our looks are defensively and, and offensively are completely different to, to then, and I think they were aware, and I think obviously Nick and and the team with you with you guys were aware. Same gonna, thing, yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah, they've changed it all. So I, yeah. we'll see what happens. And obviously, um, you guys can have the training camp one if we have Sunday. So yeah, <laughs> I mean, I, I said it in jest, you know, I did. And uh, no, no I think we'll, we'll we'll take both, please. Uh, <laughs> awesome, um, Phil. Overarchingly, how are you feeling about going into the game against the Jets on Sunday? You feeling confident? You feeling nervous? Yeah, it's it's equal parts, really, isn't it? I think if if we'd beaten the Giants, I think we'd be if worse than like you know bullish mood worse yeah. than last week yeah. kind of going it's going to be easy we're going to steamroll over them the Jets are proven this season that they they are they can be as terrible as people expect them to be but then they've had those two games and the Bengals and the Titans games will always be in the back of everyone's mind going if you don't take them seriously if you don't give them the respect that they're probably due then then you can get humiliated by them. It's not just you know they weren't they weren't sort of just last minute nicking nicking the wins. They you know the Titans game was a was a massive shock. No one could quite believe what was going on at the time. So I think for the for, for us to have any chance on Sunday or to have any chance, it sounds so defeatist. No, for, for us to sort of <laughs> to, to 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 do what we 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 should do is it's all about the confidence thing. It's like how much has the Giants affected them? How much um, are they going to let the Jets get into their rhythm. It's more of a case of you made the mistake against the Giants by by not doing what you've done so well. So I think if 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 we just go back to what what our strengths are and and just and just start the game and absolutely try and try and run it down, run it down their mouths. And I think then that should work. There's no reason why it shouldn't. It's a case of when you second guess yourself, and I think that's what happened against the Giants. Trying to second guess yourself, trying to be the smartest guy in the room again, trying to double bluff. It's just good. no, like the, the Jets aren't on paper good enough to stop how good the Eagles have been on the run. That's that's kind of statistically 
there to see. However, we know that it doesn't happen exactly how it happens on paper. And it's just a case of the confidence, like put, put the Giants in the back of your mind, turn up, go, we, we should win this by all accounts. But if, you know, if they don't go in with that, that kind of confidence and that kind of solid, simple, solid game, game plan, then, then the Jets have every chance. Yeah, and something I, we probably should have mentioned already, because um, we've talked about Jalen Hurts being there against the Jets on Sunday. He's not necessarily going to be fit. You know, the, the, conferences, the conferences today, Nick Sirianni, who had previously said the starting number one, the starting QB one gets all the snaps during the week and didn't, well, basically said that um, Gardner Minshew might get some because of he, he, the ankle injury that Jalen sustained last week against the Giants. So, um, let, you know, all of this is good uh, and relevant and, and you know, what we believe. But to be honest with you, there is a, there is a small, small chance that Gardner Minshew starts against the Jets on Sunday. Small, I, I say, very, very small chance. Um, and also, <clears throat> you know, when Sirianni was talking about Hertz's ability, if he does start, he said that he would have to, he believes in him winning through the air and that he won't be able to run as much on the ground if he does start. So, you know, <clears throat> we talk about getting back to basics on the run defense. We might be seeing more of the same from Hertz through the air come Sunday, not because of design, but because of necessity. So just a couple of things to, you know, to consider um, as we record on Wednesday evening, this may be, this may have changed if you're listening on a Thursday, Friday or Saturday, or indeed a Sunday before the game. All right, guys. Some so, people listen uh, to this after the game. I think they just want to see how wrong, <laughs> how wrong our predictions have been <laughs> through the week. <laughs> I, I, I like that. Maybe we should try that. And the last stats. Talk, talk about predictions, Phil. We going to uh, we going <clears> to go through the predictions part of the podcast. Do you want to take us away and lead us off into our, you know. Into the into the Narnia that we thought we were when we went into the Giants game last week. Let's see if we can get us a bit more accurate this time around. Yeah, well, I predict a riot. No. Um, so what's going to happen is I'll go through it one by one and uh, you guys can give me your nominations. I'll try and uh, record them down um, whilst trying to remember exactly what I was going to predict. So uh, first off, we have the first... Eagles touchdown scorer, but um, Andres, obviously, you can go for the first Jets touchdown scorer if you think they're going to get one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, Liam, cool. who do you reckon is yeah, going to get the uh, Eagles touchdown? The first Eagles touchdown? Uh, yeah. Jalen Hurts is going to play on Sunday, uh, despite what I just said. Um, I believe he will play, and I believe he will indeed rush it for a touchdown. Jalen Hurts, first touchdown scorer for the Birds. From Nick? Him. I was going to take Hurts um, just because of the whole sort of narrative of um, that you know making a comeback and carrying the team and all that sort of good stuff. So um, in light of just going against Liam, I'll, I'll take uh, I'll take Dallas Goddard, who was surprisingly missing last weekend um, against the Giants. So I'm hoping that Dallas makes a makes a comeback against the against the Jets. Cool. Uh, Andres, do you want to go Jets or do you want to go Eagles? We'll just take yeah. one. We'll speak uh, with it. Yeah, I could go Eagles. I, I, you know, um, I would say because I do think you guys are going to score, so I can probably put, you know, I think we're going to have to score enough points to be competitive in this game, so I can put enough um, uh, things on this for for you guys to put a prediction down for you guys. I, yeah, I think Boston Scott. Um, yeah. You know, is he? You know, he's. Am I right to say he's primarily your your more receiving back? I know Miles Sanders has the ability, but does Boston Scott get get the receiving work more than Miles? 
Yeah, he would get more than Miles, uh, but he, he yeah. gets both. I'd say he's he's a a full a full dual threat. Um, yeah. So he he could he could catch one through the air or, or run it. In. Yeah, I I see some sort of kind of screen potentially because we're just dreadful. Like, hopefully we've learned something, but up to this point we've 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 really struggled by and large against the screen uh, game and things like that. Where anything kind of that gets a a, wire, a a running back in space and then they get the ball. So. I think that's maybe is where I, I see uh, that first touchdown coming. Um, Boston Scott on the screen, like something like that. Yeah, yeah so nice. I don't remember seeing that many screens against the Giants. You know that? Just thinking we, back, we no. started off the season doing loads of them. I know, I know. Loads of hysteria about why he didn't screens all the time, and we've oh. barely seen any. Maybe they come back. It was, a, it was always Watkins. They were like Watkins. a treat. <laughs> 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 What's the? Um, do you guys know what the status is? How it is at, at the moment? He did not practice today. Did not practice today. Well, I don't think we'll. See, I don't think we'll see him. No. Then I was also going to go Scott. <laughs> it was going to be Howard or go Scott. For it. Right? Go for it. Yeah, I'm going. I'm going Scott. Um, okay. So the next question is uh, the most receiving yards. So I am going to go to you, Andres. This time, I'm going to put you on the spot again. Who do you think is going to get the most receiving yards? You can pick either team. Um. Yeah, you 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 know you would say you would still say Rager's your you know, wide receiver two, would you? Mm, probably not. I reckon wide receiver three, four, five. Six. So who's who's the second? Maybe seven. Then? Watkins. Watkins, Quez Watkins, Quez Watkins. That's it, right? Um, see, obviously the obvious answer is, is with the, the talent that he has is Devonta Smith, but I'm just going to go with we've struggled to kind of cover our kind of the, on the other side. Of the cornerback, you know, the other side of the cornerback field with yeah. with some injuries that have coming back. So even though I think we've got some good, decent players for depth piece, I think they'll struggle in in a starting role. I think so, we need to send this podcast to Nick Sirianni the insights we're getting from Andres here about what we should do. I'm sure they're seeing all this stuff. I'm sure they would. Have seen, you would you would hope so, right? You'd like um, to think so. You would yeah. hope so with, with NFL coaches, but sometimes it doesn't seem like they do. Now I, I would say just in a in a weird kind of thing. Um, Quiz walking Watkins, it will get a couple. Of, he'll he'll get a couple because he'll be up against a weaker opponent. Where I think Bryce Hall, what I think he'll maybe give up a touchdown or something to Devonta Smith. I don't think he he does a good job in his technique enough that I think he'll keep it relatively close. And I think the other guy will go off a bit more. So that's my okay. uh, prediction. I like yeah. it. L- lots of thought there. I like it. Nice. This is where Andres is gonna he's gonna win. I know where I know where the weaknesses of my of the defense are, right? So like <laughs> I, I can kind of pick and choose that a little bit more, you know. So yeah, I'll I'll be sending you your email address to uh, Nick Sirianni as if I have Nick Sirianni's email address. But maybe um, we should start switching our predictions to the other team if like go on Andres's uh, logic and go, well, we know where our weaknesses are. Let's just pick who can <laughs> score against this. Okay. Um kind of hot as the most. Most receiving yards, Liam. Uh, Devontae Smith, I disagree with Andres. Uh, I think uh, Devontae Smith, his problem is not technique, uh, catching the ball or being in traffic. Um, as in, that's not, sorry, not his problem. His strength is in that, although he's good at that as well. His strength in his route running and making players run around in circles and not know where he is and duke around them. And I just think that Devontae Smith having been frustrated this weekend just gone by is going to have a game. And I think the Eagles, whether it is Gardner Minshew who starts or Jalen Hurts who starts, they will be throwing the ball um, more, um, even with what we've seen. And I think Devontae Smith is going to have himself a game against the Jets. 
Okay. Mick, what about you, mate? Nice. Um, sorry, I'm just going to go boring and go for Devontae Smith as well. And it, it's because I went for Goddard on the on, on the first touchdown, so I didn't want to double up on him. So, I'll, yeah, I'll just go for Devontae Smith. It's sort of like Andres was saying, that they don't have a proper CB1. Um, so I think they might struggle to cover Devontae Smith with, you, you know, the, the level of separation. This guy gets the Bama connection, everything good that we've seen this season so far from Jalen Hurts has been a connection with Devontae Smith. So I'm hoping that we return to that and his targets are um, increased this week. So Devontae Smith. Fair enough. And I definitely wasn't going to go for Smith until you guys made a very good <laughs> convincing argument going, actually, yeah, it probably is going to be Smith. Well, you could it's... make it very easy for Andres to beat us all by going for Smith as well. <laughs> Smith, no, is, Smith is, the, is, the, is the answer that you would... And even I, can, I can't deny it, that's probably likely going to happen. I just thought... I thought you guys would go Smith, so I thought I'd go elsewhere, kind of knowing where oh, our man, I like it. are. So, you know, hey, no I, can, need, I see what no you're need. saying, though. You know, there's nothing I no. can't deny. If he goes up and does that, I won't be surprised because of, of how talented he is. Yeah. Mate, no need to defend yourself, buddy. We're always wrong on these <laughs> predictions. So. I know. These predictions, we do predictions as well on our podcast. They're, they're just always wrong, aren't they? It's just like, it's always a pointless exercise at some point, but it's good fun. It is good fun. You're so. Dead. I, I'd already written, had it written down. I was going for Goddard because I just feel like um, after last game, he needs. He can't it. possibly have another quiet game, so he's gonna he's gonna explode out and he's gonna get a couple of touchdowns. I reckon. Well, well, yeah, it? <laughs> yeah <laughs> just wishing, again, wishing it into existence. <laughs> um, okay, I think that's everyone for the uh, for uh, most receiving yards. Yep. So next um, is total rushing yards. So not an individual player, but the team total rushing yards for the Eagles. Uh, Mick, go to you first. Oh, I'm going to go for a cool 200. Mm. Staple, really. I mean, the average... consecutive games we've just we've just been doing it and doing it and doing yeah. it. I, I, I'm, I'll, I'll tell you what our average is just now because I did have it up a second ago. The the stats that I had up. Well, I, um, <laughs> you mean you're doing I, research on stats before your predictions make? Hundred out. 158. And that's 100. before we've gone over 200 for four games in a row. Yeah. 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 But well, remember, we weren't running the ball for the first yeah, yeah, few yeah. games of the season. Yeah. So I'm going for 210. Um, nothing Perfect. to do with mixed kiss. That was already written down again. I'm just thinking. Show me, show me the paper. If I, don't really, I, I will. Just I'm try sorry. to snipe me. It's got two. It's got a glass of whiskey on it. That's <laughs> um. So Sleeper. then, uh, so Andres, how how many Russian yards do you think that the Eagles are going to get? Um, your beloved I think Jets. it's a variance in terms of if Jalen plays or not, and if it's Minshew. Yeah. So it's kind of, but let's say assuming he does play and he's relatively. Um, oh, there are able. no asterisks in these predictions. Andrew. I know, I know, it's hard, but I, I would say um, I'll say one eighty. But then I'll, that, that's 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 also with the knowledge that you're going to get a few kind of receiving yards from. Mm-hmm. So in terms of the running back room, they're going to have success, but it's going to be split up more than just the run. I think they're going to do both. So I think I'll say 180 overall. You're going to have, I think you're going to have quite a lot of success. We, we kind of, we do try to allow the, to be beaten more by the run, by the pass. It's one of those defences that, that happens like that. So we do invite it. Sometimes it's too much and then it just kind of, kind of collapses because we just don't have the ability to run the defence that they want to run at this point. Bend um, and break. We've seen that this year as well. Yeah. So yeah. I'd say 180 uh, in terms of the rushing yards. I was going to ask about your own rushing attack, Andres. Um, yeah. Obviously, Michael Carter was um, injured just now. So, yeah. 
Who's um, um, the main threat coming off of the Jets? Yeah, I mean, he was he's a, he's a, he was really doing, he looked really, he was really building up some momentum. He was looking really good. And the injury comes just before Zach comes back. And you're like, of course. So we're just praying that we finally get to see, you know, all the people at the same time, at least once or twice this season before the season it finishes. But yeah, I think they've got very much a San Francisco type running back where it's kind of, you're just plugging another guy in. I think Michael Carter elevates that room more than just another guy like you know in San Francisco they have a bunch of just guys who do a good job and yeah I think with Ty Johnson Tevin Coleman they they'll they'll run the system quite well they do a decent job um we had this guy Austin um I forget the name he literally just came out uh last week and just had a good game out of nowhere <laughs> Austin Austin Walter um like just we took we took him off the practice squad and so he just again just like San Fran do he just plugged in this random guy and mm. did quite well I mean, the running game is coming along quite well. Um, I think we'll, we'll be we'll have some success. It's going to have to have some success to help Zach out, um, but I don't know if it's going to be as, as obviously dominant as you guys on on, on the other side. So, um, yeah, I, I think we'll we'll do okay. But it, it's definitely a miss to have Michael Carter because he has the ability to. He's so hard to bring down. He's got a really low center of gravity. Yeah, it does. Um, like he just twists out of tackles and 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 gets those extra yards where you wouldn't expect it. He's just he's got that bit of extra special in his game that others just don't have, and I think it'll be a miss. Um, I'm looking forward to getting him back in a few weeks. I, I didn't realize Michael Carter was out, and I'm glad you brought up that point, Mick, because now I'm way more confident the Eagles will win because I think Michael Carter is a special player uh, and could be a special player for years to come for the Jets. He is a great player. I've, I've enjoyed I've enjoyed Michael Carter um, even from last season when he was in. Uh, Playing for uh, UNC, yeah. I mean Javante Williams were incredible in, in that team. The pair of them, right? They were were they two and three off the board of running backs in the draft? Uh, no, no, see, no. It's four, four. Michael dropped to the fourth round actually. Really? Oh wow! Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We were jumping for joy at the beginning of the day because <laughs> I we can traded imagine. we traded those two third rounders that we had to get to get Elijah Vera Tucker. And so we thought, oh, well, we're going to get, we got, and then we took uh, Elijah Moore right at the top of the second round. And we had to wait all the way through the second and third rounds to mm-hmm. get our next player. And then when we opened day three, day three up uh, round four and Michael Carter's there, we're like, couldn't believe it. So yeah, we, yeah. we were delighted for him. But I think people like Trey, um, Trey Sermon went ahead of him. Yeah. Um, I think, and so I think he might have been the fourth or fifth uh, running back taken okay. in the draft. Yeah, because yeah. Etienne um, went second uh, for yeah, Harris. No, uh, yeah, and then Javonte, and then I think Sermon, then and, then, and then, yeah, so I think he was the fifth one. I couldn't remember if Javon Hubbard went before or after, but it doesn't matter. Anyway, should I do my uh, rushing yard prediction? Yes, sorry. <laughs> <DL'd>. uh, <laughs> <laughs> so uh yeah vl yes exactly what happened uh i'm gonna go uh i'm gonna go lower than andres I, I agree with everything andres says i think i think even though it, all the signs point from sunday that we're gonna go back to the game i think we're gonna throw the ball more and i think jones gonna be better through the air he plays and if he doesn't play i think minch will be better through the air and i think that the eagles are gonna be i'm gonna go for one six seven uh rushing yards on the ground for the eagles i'm not having that i'm not having that <laughs> I'm and really I, not even that. That's far too, far too uh, reserved for a Liam prediction. Yeah, but double that's it, because, double it, add five. But that's because, <laughs> that's because I, but that's because I'm predicting a lot through the air, Phil. You haven't, you haven't heard my outside the predictions uh, prediction yet. Shit, I haven't even thought of one yet. Oh, let's, right. let's, let's okay, keep well, this rolling. 
Yeah, let's keep this rolling because, um, you know, we have got to get up for work in the morning. Um, <laughs> some of you do, I don't. Hey. Oh, well, yeah, some of us have got to get up for work in the morning. Um, so uh, that's the Russian yards. Hang there. on, before you go on, Phil, can I just comment, Andres? Mm-hmm. Where are you? Because it looks like you're in one of those rubber rooms where you can just like bounce around the room. There's just like black, looks like there's black this rubber sound, all over it. This is foam sound proofing because um, my uh, 16 month old son is sleeping the other side of the, of oh, the wall. Oh, nice. So yeah, I've got my nine year old and my 16 month old. So I've got it. So this room, when I first started recording, <laughs> it was an issue. So this is like, yeah, get, get some stuff. This is going to be his nursery eventually. So I've got to find a new place to record. But for now, yeah, it helps kind of, it really does uh, work to kind of dampen the sound and, and kind of not, so I'm not waking him up. <laughs> Come on, go. man. That's Mick, absolutely Mickey, dedication towards. Uh... Yeah. <laughs> no, I said that's absolutely dedication. You know, no, but it's so. Sort of, you said but... you only started the, um, the, the pod in the, well, we were talking about six months ago. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and you've already got... soundproofed your room. <laughs> well, we won't ask why you needed the soundproof room before six months ago. Yeah, maybe um... it was already there. To be fair. Um... <laughs> I think the two kids are testament to that fact. <laughs> <laughs> right, let's 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 get on. We got sacks next. Sacks. So um, this is probably one where I think Andres is going to be. Uh... Can we uh, can we get Andres to go first? Yeah, so we yeah, yeah. yeah. Gonna, we'll yeah. we'll go off his guess. Yeah. Um, how many how many times do you reckon your beloved Zach Wilson's going to get sacked by our beast of a defense? Um. I would say that the line has been doing, but the offensive line has been doing better. Um, I mean, last week they started off a little bit cold, but but got back into the game and protected him better. Um, he does. It's kind of it's kind of a hard one because I don't, I don't know whether if he holds the ball like he's done in some games, it will be a different story to other games where he's he has got the ball out quicker. So it's kind of hard. But I would say um, I'll go with four sacks. I'll go with four sacks. Oh, thought you were going lower after that start. Um, no, I, I think there's enough. There's a, we're not, um, well, I think we're kind of a, a middle to, to kind of lower 20s ranked offensive line. Um, and I think that there's going to be, um, you, you, know, you, you know, Hardgrave and, and, um, and Cox down the middle um, are really going to test our kind of middle three who have struggled generally. Uh, well, we, the big thing we got rid of our right guard and we kind of, got a right guard from Kansas for free basically Joe Douglas magic we basically gave them a tight end they released the tight end that we traded them and then we bought the tight end back anyway so we got their right starting right guard from last year anyway so and he's been a step up from the guy that was there before who was an absolute turnstile so that's shown the improvement there but I still think with Hargrave and with um and Fletch Cox that's going to put a lot of pressure down the middle and then your other guy's going to be able to also get some some get home as well so I'll go with four sacks uh, yeah, four sacks. Four sacks. Well, that's I, I exactly mean, what I was going for. So I feel really uh, confident in my pick for four sacks as well now. So thanks very much for that. Uh, <laughs> Liam, how many sacks do you reckon you got? Ten? <laughs> uh, do you know, I was I was really hoping he was, you know, uh, Andres was going to go low and I could, you know, pull out a big one. Uh, sorry, excuse me. Um, and you know, go 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 for it, go for a high number. Never done that in your life. <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> um, so I'm going to go for three sacks. I think we'll get three sacks. I don't think we'll get four. I think we'll we have our defensive line hasn't been as good the last few weeks as it has been at the start of the season. I know Hargrave has been double teamed a lot. I I hear what you're saying, Andres, and I hope you're right. I hope it's seven or eight. Um, but I reckon we'll get three sacks. But I don't think that'll be enough. I think that'll oh, be enough if we do get three. That Giants game really has been the shot of Nova Kane into your arm, hasn't it? 
Liam. It's really made you a bit more placid, a bit more docile, a little bit less jumpy, prone to go for high, high reaching guesses. No, it's more, it's more of seeing how much of a score Mick has on the predictions because he's gone safe as houses the whole time. It's not That's tactical. Not. It's just supposed to be gut feeling. If, you, if your score is really low at the end of the season, like mine is, bottom of the pile, it's because you're just terrible at predicting. Right? I went for and... five sacks last week. I, I got the fishing rod out and I got some huge bites there. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, Slatley's Mick and his sack. One. <laughs> just the one. Just the one. The one sad, lonely sack. <laughs> the one we 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 sack there. None of these figures, any, any I, can see, I can see any of these figures. I could see it go up to six. I could see it being one. It, the line has to really. It really. I can tell almost from the beginning of the game how the line's going to play, and uh, they've shown kind of this. Um, I just like the whole team is just inconsistencies. So it's if like, they have a decent game, they could they could keep him safe. And it very much safe. depends, but from game to game for us as well. I swear that's why my score is so low because every time I go for many sacks, they get none, and every right. time I go for one sack, they seem to obliterate them. So yeah, no, Same. I could quite happily go. Anyway, we're supposed to be we're, we're supposed to be road dogs, and, uh, and that's what I said last week, and, and why we were going to get so many sacks against the Giants, and then we ended up getting one. Um, towards the end, but I think the Jets' offensive line is actually not too bad. With Connor McGovern, uh, McGovern, sorry, McGovern, that's my second name. Um, <laughs> is that the name of your third kid coming up? Sneaky, sneaky good center. Um, and ADT, yeah. who they got from um, USC. Uh, USC. He's done well. Yeah, he's done well. EVT has done. We, we've really enjoyed his. But he's still a rookie in some ways. He kind of he misses a few assignments, but overall. His run blocking has been fantastic. Um, doesn't matter what Seth Walder says from ESPN because his his chart put him down at really bad run blocking, which is like you watch the tape. Run blocking has been fantastic. Pass blocking has been patchy. Um, and then it's up to uh, the, guys, the guy we brought in, um, uh, Laurent Duvernay-Tardif, the guy who was with the, the Chiefs uh, on their Super Bowl run and then went out with, he kind of, uh, he's a doctor that went out to, help with the COVID outbreak um, and kind of took the year off last year. Um, he's come in and done really well. So I think that middle could be quite strong. Our tackles are decent. And so I think it's just about whether you, do you, do you throw a lot of stunts and kind of like trick plays or is it quite, do you come at teams quite straight on? It's quite straight on. Yeah. I think I, I think I'm more worried about our edge rushers. I don't think our edge rushers have, have seriously underperformed this season. Right. Um. Uh, you were right, Andres, to point out. You know, Fletcher Cox and Javon Hargrave is, is is the main threats because uh Josh Sweat, who we paid in the off season, and um Derek uh, Burnett, Phil's mm-hmm. favorite player, um have uh have seriously underperformed, and we're obviously missing Brandon Graham on the edge, Brian Kerrigan, who brought in off the um Washington football team in the off season, has been terrible. Um. Again. It's just it's pretty vanilla, and and Jonathan Gannon himself doesn't run a lot of blitzes very often. So right. it's, I guess I think it's unlikely we get a lot of sacks. Yeah, it, the more and more I'm knowing about your defensive line, like a little again, again, no, from you guys, I'm thinking maybe a little bit less. But I'll stay with four, just because I feel like maybe with, with Zach may get tackled in the backfield, even if it's kind of, uh, he may get those sacks that aren't quite real sacks, but the ones that are sacks because someone's moving about and you get them. So I'll stick with four for now. Hopefully I'm wrong. I hope some, it's like two or one or none. <laughs> some varied and um, logical picks we've got tonight. So uh, mm. no doubt we'll all be wrong. Um, 
So that then leaves us just two more. Um, outside the box or scores first? Have we got our outside the box? Outside the box, I'm ready. Yeah? All right. Okay. Uh, Andres, you happy with what outside the box is going to be? What do you mean by outside the box? So something that you, basically, if you're going to put a long shot, 100 to, 100 to 1 bet on the game, something that's going to happen that probably, probably most likely isn't, but, you know, right, happens, okay. you'll, you'll feel like uh, Nostradamus if you predicted it. So I'll let Liam go first. You might get an idea of what... Um, what sort of outside the boxes we tend to go for. Yeah, so. go for it. Yeah, I'll go last just to get an idea of Okay, so this might not seem that outside the box, but I'm going to put some context to it first. Jalen Hurts over the last eight games averages just over 135 passing yards. Average over the last eight games. That's pretty woeful. Mick is going to check the stats to make sure I'm right, but I've I I'm going to uh, check the stats depending on what you're actually the most prediction. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, he averages just over 135. Might be close to 140 over the last eight games. Pretty pretty poor for a quarterback, but he's rushed he's rushed the ball so many, so many times and for so far, and he's had so many touchdowns, which we've seen as well. So I'm going to go for Jalen Hurts 265 yards plus passing, given he has averaged half of that in the last eight games. The Jets okay. give up 266 yards. Oh, yeah, but you game say, on average. Almost what? like he knew that. Um, <laughs> Pass defense. Are you, are, you tell, are you telling me no? 29th in I, the NFL. It's not, it's not actually the box, it's under the average. I had, I had a feeling then, the way you were talking about those stats, that you're outside the box was going to be that the number of t- Russian touchdowns times by the number of Russian yards was going to be more than his receiving yards. I was like, that was going to be brilliant. I was like, oh, he's going to be like Rain Man. Um, okay. All right. Well, if, no. you're not have, if you're not having that, if that's the other no, 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 no. To be you, honest, you, it no, is no. outside the box with Hurts at the moment. So, no, stick by it. Stop changing your mind. I didn't. Make, make <laughs> I was good in a minute. Yeah. I know. I know. Right. Um, so, my, my, my outside the box is just going to be a bit more bit more conventional maybe, but um, I'd said, kind of alluded to it earlier that Goddard was going to get a couple of touchdowns um, and 75 yards receiving. Two so touchdowns, 75 yards receiving. Nice, I like it. Yeah, I reckon, because that kind of works for me both ways. If Hurts does play or doesn't, I reckon if he doesn't, that's more likely to happen because Minshew will be... Oh, you of... said there was no tactics involved in this. There isn't. I was just thinking <laughs> that it seems to it works. When you started mentioning about Minshew coming in, I was like, oh, shit. Oh, no, actually, that might play into my hand. Um, <laughs> Mick? What do yes. you reckon? Um, as always, I'm just thinking on my toes. <laughs> <laughs> Spitting out Mars. Uh, let's see. So are we, mate. I know, I know. Uh, let's see. And, and, no, well. Let's see, let's see Maddox. Maddox specifically gets a pick six. Oh, I like it. Nice. Yeah. No, I don't think I could see bad. that happen. Yeah, it's, it's definitely outside the box, but I could see it happening. Nice. Uh, that leads you, and Andres, have you uh, got something pretty risky? Um, I guess it's uh, it's from why I'm thinking about the game. It'll probably it'll give me it'll give you guys an idea of where I'm going with the score. But my outside of the box prediction is that your defense will will concede 300 passing yards to Zach from Zach oh, Wilson. Yeah. that is outside the box. And I really um, fucking hope you're wrong. So yeah. shall, we, shall I put that down as Zach Wilson 300? Yes, yeah, Zach Wilson. So it's kind of it's almost like a Jetsy. Yeah. I think that. when you think of like people like Elijah Moore can take it to the house on any on any yeah. throw, like that's where you potentially get that um happening. And Denzel Mims is back, who's who's a very talented who guys had a couple of like injury um and then had COVID kind of things that have kind of interrupted his season and preseason, but he's very talented. So we've got 
Have you got some ability there? Um, Definitely outside the box as well, because we kept yeah. the Lions. To I'm not expecting it. I'm not no, expecting no, it. No, so, I think it's, like, no, that's it, a, it's exactly probably the definition of outside the box. Yeah. Something yeah, that goes exactly, completely yeah. against convention, convention on paper and that. But then but, if it yeah. ends up coming yeah. in, you look like an absolute legend. So when you're yeah. own, in your own camp, not on earth, we won't be I won't be predicting that, that on my podcast. Let's say that. <laughs> you know. Or, um, or Liam, our past defense is uh, ranked 11th in the NFL, 228 yards on average. Mm-hmm. Liam, you're on the you're on the pod tomorrow, aren't you? I am going to join Andres. So you can you yeah. can remind you can bring it up, can you? Make I sure will, that yeah. the whole the whole of their fandom knows. 100. I was just going to say, um, it, it's a really good outside the box uh, prediction because one, Zach Wilson can definitely do it if he wants to. We talked about the ceiling, and mm. two, we kept the Giants to 277 total yards last week, even though they beat us. So. It's a, it's, a, it's a good one that I hope crashes and burns and we never talk about again. Yeah, so I think that's all the predictions in now. I think I've got them all written down, so correct me if I'm wrong, but I'll hand the reins back over to you to see us out then, Liam. Oh, listen, all, all I'm going to do is... Oh, be, scores. Uh, uh, scores. Oh, okay. <laughs> Mick, you might need to do a bit of editing back, at the end of the podcast. Back the producer. No <laughs> way. <laughs> right, okay, we'll go for scores let's, then. Let's go for it. I'll go first. I've gone for 32 17 to the Eagles. Oof. Wow. I'll say 32 17 to the Eagles. Did you see the same score? Yeah, he just said that. I was like, my mind was still pressing. So I think it'll be um, 24 to 17 Eagles. You like that? Being very, very, very kind to us, uh, I think. Realistic. More than, more, yeah, I know realistic. where we. I know where we stand. Like so, I, I see. I could be. I could see a, a scenario where it flips. Um, but if I, if my honest prediction, I think that you guys will, will pull out the win um, on Sunday. Sweet, Liam. That leaves you thirty-two seventeen. Twenty-one. Ten Eagles. Mm. Oh well, then I can now absolutely hand it back over to you, Liam, to see us out. We are now done. I promise you. I'm really grateful, uh, Andres, for you joining uh, us on the podcast. It was really great to hear your insights uh, on the Jets and what we can look forward to watching the weekend. And Phil and Mick, thank you so much for joining me again. I love this every week. It's one of the highlights of my week. And um, also, just to remind everyone, if you didn't know already, we're hosting a watch-along at Passion Avenue in London uh, to watch the Eagles versus the Jets this coming Sunday. I will be emailing everyone tomorrow who has confirmed as attending. Uh, there are a couple of dropouts. So if you're listening in and you didn't make the initial uh, list, um, there are a couple of spaces available. So check your emails and hopefully we'll be seeing you there as well. We'll be doing a little bit of a, a next man up shout out on the day. Probably not a full podcast, but just, you know, a little bit of a shout out when, when we're there live. Auntie will be there with me. Unfortunately, Phil and, and Mick Beardo McGivern cannot join us. Um, but we will be getting together at some point soon to do one live for you all. So anyway, Bird Gang, thank you for listening in. We are Next Man of Podcast, supported and hosted by the British and Irish Eagles. And as always, we love you. Where is the moment we needed the most? You kick up the
You're